You can't sing enough about it. Can't preach enough about it. Can't talk enough about it. What we deserved, what we didn't get, and what he gave us, grace and mercy, wow. And the redeeming grace. Good stuff. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Lord, thank you for the, the wonderful song service we've had this morning and just the opportunity to, to lift your, your name up and praise you in song. Lord, we thank you for giving us the talent and, and to do that, the ability to do that. Lord, we come to the time where, we're, where we open your word and we bring something forth from it. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you take control of the service. Lord, you know I've prepared for this message, but Lord, I don't want one word to be spoken that's not from you. So Lord, I ask that you'd guide my lips. Holy Spirit, say what you would want to be said and that everything I would bring honor and glory to you. Amen. One of the things that we see in society today is an identity crisis. What is our true identity? And oftentimes we will, will take the, the wrong identity, we'll assume it. As a believer in Christ, we're supposed to have a very definite voice. Settle down. We're supposed to have a very definite identity. And so often we assume a whole list of things. I've written down a few. We'll assume a life experience as our identity. We'll assume a job or a job title. We'll assume education as our identity. Assume wealth. The things that we have accumulated stuff. That we have the status that we might have the accomplishments sometimes even religion we will assume that as our identity over the crisis is that as believers and followers of Christ we often misidentify ourselves which leads to a whole laundry list of things that are not good Depression, anxiety, anger, bitterness, apathy, just don't care, unfulfillment, and to be directionless. We have many obstacles in our way of Having the right identity, oftentimes, we, we, we allow these things to get in the way. And it's something that, you know, uh, God's not the author of confusion. And so when we have these obstacles, we can know that and identify that they're not of God. So some of these uh, are, could be or are not limited to past and present sin. Could be outside counsel. Outside messages, outside experiences, 
false teachings or beliefs that don't align with Scripture. And we have to be so very careful that we don't assume the wrong identity. Because assuming the wrong identity leads to a whole laundry list of uh, things that we don't want. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter number 3. And we're going to see an instant here in Scripture where there was a misidentification. Romans chapter 3. We're going to be using Scripture a whole lot this morning. Everything I, I say, I, I want, it, want it to be grounded in Scripture. Not, not I came up with this stuff and then went and found a verse that backs up what I want to say. No, I want it to be founded in Scripture. We see in Romans chapter 3, verses 2 through 4, Actually, we'll start in, in verse 1. What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe, now their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mayest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. The Bible's talking about here how. Just because somebody says or does the things that, that align with religion or, or, or align with something that would say, hey, this is a believer, doesn't mean they are actually a believer. doesn't mean they're actually saved. We might look the, to look the walk, make, might look the look, I'm sorry, might walk the walk, we might talk the talk, but only God knows whether we saved or not. And so there's, a, uh, even back here, <laughs> we see a, a misidentification where people are saying, oh yeah, I had this done. This is a custom, and I had this done. God's saying, ho, 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 just because. You've been baptized. Just because you said, oh, I believe. Well, the Bible says that the demons believe and tremble. I look to look. Well, I, I go to church. I show up. When the doors are open, I'm here. Okay. Let God be true and every man a liar. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's wrong. So often we have life experiences. Like I said, we, well, sometimes we'll have uh, outside counsel. We'll have messages or experiences. Sometimes we may even listen to a sermon that doesn't line up with Scripture. You say, have you ever preached a sermon that didn't line up with Scripture? I have preached something out of context before. It was many, many years ago. I preached, I waxed eloquent for about 45 minutes, and I sat down, and the Holy Spirit said, that wasn't what that was talking about. 
I had put in what I thought was the, the proper amount of, of effort and time into uh, uh, developing this message. I even had people come up afterward. Brother Dave, that was a great message. And inside, the Holy Spirit's saying, <laughs> digging that knife in deep, saying, that wasn't what it was saying. Sometimes we'll hear a sermon doesn't even align with Scripture. So we must, must be very careful, very cautious. First of all, we must know what Scripture says. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so sometimes we'll have those life experiences that, that get us off track and we're like, oh, but you know, I had this experience in life that, you know, I know the Bible says this, but I had this happen over here. The Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That means before the foundation of the world was formed, those words were already upstairs in stone. Why should we think? that our life experience should trump the Word of God? Why should we think that, that our knowledge trumps the Word of God? Absolutely. We need to, as believers, as, as followers of Christ, we need to adapt the perspective, the mentality of when God said it, that settles it. There's an old kid song that goes, uh, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it for me. Be quite honest, whether I believe it or not, that settles it. Because truth is truth. It doesn't matter whether I believe it or not, truth is truth. It doesn't change the fact that it's truth. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And so we, we come across false teachings from time to time. I think of the, the scripture in Matthew chapter 7, where the Bible says that many will say in that day, I've prophesied in thy name, I've cast out demons in thy name. And God says, depart from me, I never knew you. Cast into outer darkness. So we must be very sure, be very careful where we, re where we receive our doctrine from. 1 John 4.1 says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. And it's because many false prophets are gone out into the world, the Bible says. You ask the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. God will show you whether it's of God or it's not. I was talking to uh, somebody just yesterday. Uh, Andrew went to a birthday party, and I, I was talking with one of the dads that was there. That was uh, talked about when they first moved to the area, how they had gone to a church. That just something didn't sit right. 
The music was good. People were coming in by the droves. Multiple services. Like something just didn't. Did former pastor California said prayed and I said God just show. He had ended up going on to uh, onto the staff there at the church as an assistant. Said the Holy Spirit after about a year. He went to the pastor and said, "Pastor, he said I he 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 didn't." Say it in a way or of pointing fingers, but he said, I want to make sure that we are giving a clear presentation of the gospel. Making sure it's, it's lined out right along with scripture. Said the pastor got it. And that was, that was the stamp that I needed from God to say, place for you. We ask God, we ask the, the Holy Spirit living inside of us to show us, to show us. Turn, me, turn with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter number 3. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. In, uh, in Sunday school this morning, in, in, in our discipleship class, we're, we're going over the topic of the Word of God and how it's so important that we read it, we memorize it, we meditate on it. This is something that's so key in our Christian life. Colossians 3, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read quickly. Verses 1 through 17, you would follow along. If ye then, being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members. Mortify uh, means to put to death. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which he also, uh, we, we see the children of disobedience, that's referring to the unsaved. Verse 7, in the which he also walked some time when he lived in them. But now ye also put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. These next three verses here, we, we will see 
the fruits of the Spirit. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, be merciful, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Charity means love. Verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Verse 16, kids, you know this one. This is our patch club. Say it with me. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. That verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in teaching and admonishing. Admonishing means to put it in your brain, put it in somebody else's brain. Psalms and hymns, spiritual psalms. We need to be dwelling on the Scripture. How do we have the right identity? Oh, we've got to be in the Word of God. We should read it. We should meditate on it, draw encouragement from it. We have to preach the promises of the Word of God to ourselves and to those around us. We need to personalize it. So often we read Scripture. We say, oh, that was for so-and-so. We're going to turn to Psalm 27. Well, that was for David. Turn to Psalm 27. Many, many moons ago, I had Psalm 27 memorized. <laughs> As a kid, we uh, memorized a lot of Scripture in school. I could probably say about half of it. <laughs> Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart should not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple, for in in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Now shall mine head be lifted above mine enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he 
shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He's not just David's light and salvation. He is my light and salvation. He's not just David's strength of his life. He is the strength of my life. We have to personalize Scripture. He's not just David's... uh, uh, He will not just hide David through the troubles. No, he will hide you and me. He will protect us through the troubles. He will be there holding our hand as we go through that fiery furnace. Personalize it. I'm going to read off a couple other patches, a few other passages. I have written down where people in the Bible strengthen themselves in the Lord or in His Word. 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your cares upon Him. Why? Because He careth for you. Casting. I like to go fishing. A cast isn't something where you just drop it in the water right next to you. No, a cast is where you, you hit that button or you, you release the top lever and you hold that line on your finger and you cast it out there and let go. Try and get it out there as far as you can or, or if you're trying to place where you know where a fish is, you're, you're going to cast it out to where you know the fish are at. Cast your And leave them there. So often we we take an, we we may offload on him. But we're so quick to gather him back up and, and drag him back home with us after we've thrown him at his feet. Cast your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Isaiah 41 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you, I will strengthen you. Isaiah 41 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk, not faint. Joshua 1.9, Be strong and of a good courage, for the Lord your God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. What a promise that God is with us everywhere we go. Good, the bad, the ugly, He is there. John 14, 27 is another passage. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Romans 15, 13. Philippians 4, 6. Psalms 31, 24. So what is our identity? We've talked about the false identity. We've we've talked about the crisis that is there. What it leads to. Depression, anxiety, anger, bitterness. We've talked about the obstacles that we have to overcome. So what is our identity? Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 1. I want us to see these verses 
and let it dig down deep. Ephesians 1, verse 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We are accepted. After all we've done, after transgressing His law, after sinning over and over and over again, what does the Bible say? Yes. Well, that's good stuff. He accepts us. Look down in verse 7. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. We are not just accepted. We are redeemed. We have redemption through His blood. We also in this verse see the forgiveness of sins. So we are accepted. We are redeemed. We are forgiven. Turn over to Colossians. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, chapter number 3. Verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. We are forgiven. Amen. We are forgiven. Turn back to 2 Corinthians. Back a couple pages to 2 Corinthians. Chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Look down in verse 17. 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What are we? We are reborn. We have new DNA. Amen. Good stuff. Turn over to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians 2. I got to tack on another verse because it's just so good. Verse 18, we'll start. For through him we both have access by one Spirit, Holy Spirit, unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. What does that mean? We are adopted. We are part of his household. He says, Come live with me. Come into my house. We're adopted. We're accepted. We're reborn. We're forgiven. We're redeemed. We're adopted. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Quote John 3, 16 with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What else are we? We are loved. We are loved. 
Another good passage is 1 John chapter number 3. And verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Behold now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. What, what love the Father hath bestowed upon us. And once again, calling us the sons of God. We are adopted. We are loved. Last passage, 1 Peter. First Peter chapter number two. Verse nine. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are called out and we are chosen by God. He says, you want to put your trust in me? You want to put your faith in me for eternal life? All right, I choose you. I call you out. Boy, you and I are not a mistake. You and I are wanted. We are chosen. We are called out. We are adopted. We're redeemed. We're forgiven. We're reborn. We're loved. We're accepted. That is our identity. Our minds telling us anything different? We have to identify it for what it is. It's a lie. It's a lie. Because the Bible clearly states what our identity is in Christ. And we know Satan's going to try and, and pull up the past to get us dwelling in the past. God says, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're forgiven. You're accepted. You are loved. Don't get me wrong, God is still just. Don't get me wrong, the, 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 even though the payment for your sin has already been paid for, you still have to deal with the consequences here on earth. But you are forgiven. You are loved. You are accepted. You are chosen. You're called out. You have new DNA. He's adopted you. The Bible says that we are no more called sinners. We are called... Oh, I'm just an old sinner. Hold on. That's a lie. God says we're supposed to call ourselves sinners. Our sins have been paid for. We've been redeemed. We've been bought back by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a slap in the face to the sacrifice for our sins. 
Oh, I can't help it. I'm just a sinner. Can. Can't help it. Man. God's called you out. He's adopted you into His family. We're living and breathing. God has a purpose, plan for In a story. God has a plan for your life. No matter what. No matter what road we go down, no matter what we're dragging with us along the way, God says, hey, this is your identity. It's not all that baggage. Throw it at the foot of the cross and pick up your true identity. Live it. Talking this morning about the Word of God and how we're to read it, meditate on it, and learn it, memorize it. It's all good and well. We got to obey it, we got to follow it. He says, I've given you life that you might live it more abundantly. But what happens? We go through life and we say, Yeah, but. I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. Like, I have an abundant life. I've forgiven you. I've adopted you. I've chosen you. I've called you out. Why do you want to continue in that? I have this awesome life for you. I'm right. Follow it. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. The Bible says, if you love me, keep my We have true identity. I saw the misappropriate, misassumed identity. I want to have the abundant life God has for us. We don't need to be caught up in depression or anxiety. We don't need to be caught up in anger or bitterness or apathy or an unfulfilled life. God has a purpose and a plan. Say, I don't know what it is. Okay. Start following it. Start doing what the Bible says. That'll lead you. The very first man that walked the face of the earth, God showed him what he was supposed to do. He didn't know he needed Eve. What happened? God brought Eve along. Adam was just doing what he was supposed to do. God said, I'll make you go to sleep. Here you go. So often in life, we try to force things. We try to force what we think we need into action. God says, whoa, just follow what I've laid out for you. Bring it along when you need it. Complicate. Our identity is found in Christ. What's your identity? 
Have you had it in things other than what God said? So, okay. Change. Let God be true. Every man. Let God be true. Every man. That includes old man. Flesh. Talks in your ear. Tries to tell you all the negative. All the things that, to be honest, things that we believe about ourselves. God says, whoa, I have an abundant life for you. This is your identity. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for these truths brought to us this morning. Lord, I ask that you would help all of us to assume the right identity. That we wouldn't be caught up in what the old man says we are. But Satan, the powers of darkness, whisper in our ear, bringing up of the past. Help us to founded in truth, truth that love, accepted, given, called out, we're chosen, we are wanted by you, we're redeemed. I ask that you help us to assume that as our rightful identity. It's already our identity. Just gotta assume, take it on, live like it. Help us to do. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't ever want to take an invitation lightly. Let me ask you this question. Say, Brother Dave, if you were to die today, 100% go to heaven. Say, Brother Dave, I know. I can take you to the Bible. I can show you I am. 100%. Yes, you just slip your hand up. Testament. They put them down. I thank you for your honesty. Not every hand was raised. You would say, Brother Dave, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I have some doubts. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Would you raise, slip your hand? I'd like to pray for you. Say, I'm not quite sure. I'd love to know. I would want to know how I could be sure. I'm not quite sure. Pray for me. Go ahead and flip your hand up. How many would say this morning, Brother Dave, I, I've been leaning on the wrong identity. I need to make a decision here. 
that's you, would you slip your hand? Say, Brother David, I want to I assume the right identity. The identity that I'm loved, that I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. As bowed, eyes closed, let's all stand. We're going to have a time of invitation. The people